0: Hey guys, we have a $100 AFCO gift card and four LK lures rigged with beast hooks to give away. All you have to do is fill out a short survey and enter your email address in the box below. The link is located on Instagram and at the podcast description. Giveaway ends July 11th. Ah, my birthday, bro. And thanks again for all the support. We really appreciate it. Check out LK Lures on Instagram. They make amazing weedless baits. And check out AFCO. Uh, Big supporter, Matt Florentino. Really appreciate it, bro. This episode is brought to you by Dark Waters Performance Dive Co. Uh, They manufacture top-of-the-line gear for spearfishing and free diving in Southern California. If you're looking for a custom float line for hunting a fish of a lifetime, Dark Waters can build it for you. They also offer... FII level one free diving classes. If you're brand new and want to learn how to free dive or spearfish, they can definitely help you out. Um, check them out at darkwaters.co. And if you have any questions, send them an email to sales at darkwaters.co. Uh, go buy their shit. It's lifetime guaranteed. Uh, take their classes, dive deeper, longer, and harder. If you guys want to buy some uh, gear from there, they're going to give a promo code inner cast crank on their website for classes or for 15% off order. Uh, Again, check them out at darkwaters.co. that's how we're going to start it with the bottle popping huh? <laughs> Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast Today we have Ali Husseini from Bloody Decks Yes sir Did I say it right? Close enough, okay. Bloody
1: Decks, BD Outdoors <laughs> There you go dude uh,
0: Great, great get for us uh, This is a, a really big guest I'm sure everyone's kind of started with fishing by looking at Bloody Decks At least in the younger generation with the internet Stuff like that so let's start with your uh, passion for fishing, how it all started.
1: Oh man, that's a long story, but uh, <laughs> I think like a lot of people, you know, I got my start trout fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, My mom was actually a really good trout fisherman. They, my, mom's, my mom's family was all in the Navy, so I've got an Arab half of my family, and I've got an Irish half. The weirdest mix ever. <laughs> so fortunately, the Irish half was redneck, and they kind of all taught us how to <laughs> fish and hunt and shoot guns and you yeah. know all those important life skills ride right? motorcycles all that kind of stuff so i started off in the sierras man my grandparents would kidnap me every summer like awesome. uh middle of june and i would not come home until three days before school started wow. and we either had cabins in the mountains or you know stay in the motor home or whatever and i had a bike with probably the one of the first rod racks on it ever that my grandpa built me on the back of it wow. and Dude, I just get on my bike and disappear. Those were the Man. best days ever, and you don't even know it when you're there. You know?
0: Yeah. Did you grow up uh, in San Diego too? Yeah, born and raised. Wow. East cool. County San Diego. Yeah, yeah. which is a redneck town too. So <laughs> I've developed a lot of skills. <laughs> yeah, but you, by the looks of you, people could never tell you were you half and half. You know? No, I'm really we get, yeah. We get which that is all kind the time. of weird, right? Yeah, my I mean, brothers
1: uh, love to fish and and hunt and do all that same stuff. You know, they kind of followed in my footsteps. I got real crazy about fishing and. Um, kind of roped them into it, and and you know now it's been a lot of years. I think caught my first trout. I was four or something like wow. that. Wow, totally cried like a
0: pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember being scared as shit. Some trout farm up
1: uh up around Tahoe. You yeah. know, like on the ones you take a kid to. Dude, I dropped my first fish. Freaked out, crying. <laughs> they got it all. They got pictures of the whole thing. That's Just, that's awesome. Scar me for life. I don't cry that much anymore for fish, but
0: I, I could still remember too. I, I the first time I caught a fish was at Ralph B. Clark right up here. I, I went fishing with my uncle. And I caught the fucking hook on the backside of my um, leg casting, <laughs> and I remember I never wanted to fish after that ever again. <laughs> and I did not until, really? so, yeah. until I was fucking twenty nine years old. Really? Yeah, that's all. I didn't start till I was twenty nine. Yeah. Wow. From my my son, but man, so uh, as you got older, did your passion just stay there? Were you like set into like I love fishing? This is what I do, or did you kind of go? Oh, I got into sports, or
1: uh, you know, in the high school years, I think everybody I didn't never left it you know i had some buddies in high school that we fished with but then there was plenty of partying and chasing girls and doing all <laughs> yeah, that other yeah. normal stuff you know sports or whatever never really went away from it i wouldn't say i ever went more than i don't know a couple months without catching a fish but it wasn't like when we were real young and you know you weren't doing that stuff i mean we same thing we had bikes i had san vicente el cap a couple of really good reservoirs out there near me in East County. And so we bass fish like crazy, me and my brother and my buddies. On the weekend, you know, we get the parents to drop us off with a crispy $20 bill and have to entertain ourselves all day. Mm -hmm. And uh, during the summers, you know, my first exposure to ocean fishing was young, but we were just fishing off the pier at OB. So you catch a bunch of shit, like opal eye and, you know, a couple little halibut and all that. And I thought that was cool. And it was, you know, back in the day when, shit, 30 years is... Yeah, so a long time, more than thirty years ago, <laughs> when my mom could literally drop a twelve-year-old off with my little eight-year-old brother and just, you know, entertain ourselves. Yeah. But like a real turning point for me was in uh, just I think in junior high we had a buddy's dad who still to this day he's a mechanic for the sport boats, and he'd go to work and during the summer he'd drop us off on the bait barge on from his little boat and then he'd go over and work on the RPE or or whatever and I caught my first bonita and it was over. I mean you can't dude you can't catch a bass after catching a (laughs) Bonita are you kidding me? (laughs) That was like cow tuna fishing back in those days. So After that Bonita, everything changed. And, you know, through high school, I really started to get into ocean and all that. And then right after high school, I started going to Baja. Had some friends that were a little bit ahead of me on the fishing curve. Had a private boat. I fished with them. Went to Baja. We did all that trailer boat stuff, you know, the aluminum boats and and pongas and all that. And it just really just
0: blossomed from there. Wow. So uh, you're in your, what, 20s? When did you really think about the Bloody Decks whole idea?
1: Uh, that was, you know, the start of it was Jason, my partner. Okay. So we were all, it goes back even further than that. I was a video game nerd. I worked in the video game business for years. Mm -hmm. Jason was an even bigger video game dork and we used to play online games and, uh, we both found fishing forums and at those days it was all coast. And, uh, there was another forum too called the buddy boaters in San Diego, which you guys probably aren't even old enough for, (laughs) but anyway, they were the first and you know, back then all coast had like 6,000 members. It was massive, you know? And uh, so All coast kind of melted down, had a kooky owner, and chased a lot of people off, and then we went to Buddy Boaters. And then that guy was just as kooky or more, you know, at the time, and kind of that thing imploded. And Jason's like, look, I want to start my own fishing forum where you can cuss, you can say whatever you want. You can Because those guys tried to censor. And Yeah, you can't, yeah. Dude, and social media, if nothing else, has taught us, you know, you can't censor people. you no, got to let people be people. And that was our whole thing. You want to come on here and say fuck? Have at it. <laughs> You know, and in the early days, it was wild, like (laughs) wild, like grossly inappropriate, horrible shit that would probably get us thrown in jail today. And then, you know, over the years, just grew and grew. We kind of tried to stay out of it, let people do what they want to do. And and Bloody Decks became a place where there was doctors and lawyers, there was ex-cons, there was construction workers, everybody was passionate about fishing. And they all got together, shared their passions, you know, and made a lot of great relationships. And it's, uh, shit has been... I think we started in March 2003. So this is 16 years. Wow, dude. Since we started. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Amazing. Yeah. And the industry? growth, I mean.
1: Oh, it's crazy. Like I said, All Coasts, dude. I think we started was like 6,000 members. Uh-huh. And in like a year, we had passed them or a year and a half. And we just, it, we have 120,000 registered members now. Wow. The numbers are pretty staggering. So
0: are you guys like the biggest. I think, I mean, I don't know, because SoCal, it's like Bloody Decks is the thing. Is it the biggest, like... Uh, yeah, where
1: there's not a bigger sport fishing website sport in the fishing. world. To, even the big magazines with all that money wow. behind them and all that stuff. Yeah. They've never been able to attract the audience that we have.
0: Yeah, that's crazy, dude. I'm super proud of
1: it. <laughs> yeah. And the but... fact that it hasn't melted down, you know, because so many of those ones, ego got in the way or business or whatever. Our forum traffic, to be truthful, is not what it used to be. But everybody reads our articles instead.
0: and the yeah. forum, You know? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's kind of what I was going to get at is that that's completely true, I think, too. A lot yeah. of the
1: forum stuff has gone to Facebook and Instagram. You know, those – we were the original social media for fishermen. Yeah. Like, I know for me and Jason, we met each other and we're like, holy shit, you want to fish every day? I want to fish every day. <laughs> like, this is great. You know, now I got somebody to fish with. And yeah. And you had no way of finding other guys that were just as weird about fishing as you were yeah. back in the day. And now you're like, dude, here's a thousand guys. And they're all crazy about fishing like I am. Oh, and hey, this guy can help me fix my engine, you know? And this dude is great at this. And, you know, you make these relationships with guys and a lot of, I mean, the majority of my close friends, 16 years later, I met all through BD. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's crazy how it works out that yeah. way. You know? and yeah, and there's a lot of guys I know that met on BD that are lifelong friends, and you know, it's it's just it's really been been a cool,
0: cool, fun ride. Yeah, definitely. And the moderate there's no moderator. That's the kind of we do have. Well, him, I mean, do
1: you? You got to do some pretty horrible shit to get moderated. Really? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and and we get that. You know, horribly racist stuff. Yeah. And, whatever you know we try to keep it as light as possible it's funny like years and years ago we're like we kind of want the tone of the site to be like old school movie right it's not appropriate yeah yeah but everybody likes it you know and even your dad would probably think it's funny and all that kind of stuff so as long as you're not attacking anybody threatening anybody or doing anything crazy racist or stupid you know we roll with
0: it yeah, you see people get fucking burnt down, dude, on that, on some of these posts, dude. It I'm regulates
1: like, itself a lot, for sure. Like, if you come in there like an asshole or an idiot or whatever, those guys will burn you down. Yeah. Anyway, we let it happen. Like, you know, at some level, it's so big, it's got to be able to, to kind of watch itself.
0: Yeah. So, when you started um, doing it, you had your regular job?
1: Yeah. So, I was working in the video game business. Okay. Um, Actually, no, I just left the video game business and I started, uh, I took all the marketing experience I got from doing that. I I started in the video game industry when PlayStation one came out. Okay. So I was like the OG, I was there for eight or nine years and that's when video games got to be bigger than the, uh, the film industry. So like I got to work with brilliant people and I'm not dumb, but I was the dumbest guy in every room I sat in, like just lots of smart guys. I learned a lot, learned a lot about marketing and all that. And then I kind of applied that to my own business after that. I I was supposed to get transferred to Minneapolis. Um, You know, with fishing, that was not going to happen. So I worked for (laughs) Activision just up the road, actually. Yeah, in Irvine, right? Uh, They're in Santa Monica. Santa Monica. Yeah. And they they were the number two publisher. Now they're the biggest in the world, like many times over. And so they wanted to transfer my division. I wasn't having it. And so I started my own business doing silk screening, embroidery, signs, doing all that stuff. And that fed right into BD. So we all got booted off of the Buddy Boaters Forum. I couldn't figure out where everybody went Ran into a buddy at the ramp. He's like, go to bloody deck. So I went in there. I'm like, Oh shit. It's all the same characters. Yeah. And I reached out to Jason. I'm like, this is awesome. We say whatever we want. We've got Mm -hmm. awesome fish reports. I mean, the best fishermen in Southern California were there putting up reports and sharing info and doing all that. And uh, I'm like, let me make some stickers. You know, so I knocked out some of the original tuna stickers. And then I started, man, let's do some t-shirts. And, you know, we, we would go to the ramp on Saturday to launch our boat and we'd be slinging shirts and stickers out of the back of a truck as fast as you could. And then finally, sorry for the sniffling, man. I got a sinus infection. Oh, right, no, no same I think everyone's needs to see it. I feel like I'm sniffling my brain. <laughs> um, So anyway, so we did Day at the Docks. The first time was like, I want to say 05, 06, something like that. And dude, we sold like $4,000 worth of shirts and hats Fuck. and stickers in a day. That's awesome. And we're like, holy shit. And people were rabid. I mean, I don't know how long you guys have been on the site, but the Bloody Deck Salute <laughs> I mean, people walking by flipping us off first year we did fred hall it was nuts people yeah. were just so rabid for the brand and everything that we stood for we actually almost got thrown out of fred hall our first year shit bart hall and mike lum came over and they screamed at me for freaking having we had stickers stuck to everything that wasn't moving and some things that were inside of that conference hall and i took my lumps like a big boy and i'm like i apologize for that that was not our goal i'm gonna send i ra- 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 rounded up 10 guys i'm like go get every and sticker you yeah. can off of everything in here and ever since then they're like we really appreciate that thank you for having like an adult and to this day me mike and you know bart are good good friends so it's just it's been a crazy ride but a lot of it was built on those t-shirts and hats and the awesome you know fans that our site has had and yeah users over the years and their passion for fishing
0: do you still do the silk screening thing or do you no no. no so
1: yeah like in uh 2008 you know the economy crashed yeah right all my clients were primarily automotive Real estate and construction, the three hardest hit <laughs> sectors. Yeah, really. And I had like fifteen employees. I had Shit. I mean, I owned all the equipment. I had the best crew ever, and my ba- my business one year was down twenty five percent. The next year was down thirty. Oh my god! I mean, dude, it was devastating. So like, and that was oh eight oh nine, and. You know, they say that the hard times are kinda of define who you are. In oh nine, so I was losing everything I had. I'd started that business with like a quarter million bucks that I'd sold my first house, everything's going great, making money, I'm growing, I'm doing all this stuff, and then just got wiped out. And then in oh nine, as things were I hadn't slept in two years, I bet you. From from oh eight to mid oh nine. Fuck. January, my aunt dies february my mom drops dead at 57 march my my grandfather dies and in september my grandmother died i mean my dad had two dead people living in his house in five months i don't even you can't nothing matters at that point yeah everything else is bullshit yeah you know what i mean and like the one thing that my mom always wanted me to do follow your passion you got to make this bloody next thing a job. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's, just, it's a fishing forum where we say bad words and share tuna reports. You know what I mean? And she's just like, you got to find a way. I just like that. And she was always my biggest supporter, biggest yeah. supporter. And, uh, so after that, she died in, uh, in, in late January, that summer, everything had just gone to shit. I hadn't slept in a couple of years. I'm losing my frigging mind stressed. Like I can't even tell you. And I'm just like, fuck it. You know, we already did a little bit of advertising like Berkeley back then. They loved what we were doing, gave us a check. Avet was one of our very early supporters. Mm-hmm. And I told Jason, I'm like, look, I got to go sell an extra, I want to say it was like 3000 bucks a month. So me and him could both get shitty little paychecks, <laughs> way less than I'd been making in the past, but at least I was doing what I wanted. And I, you know, I think, I, I think I had like a six months window to do it. I did it in like, I don't know, nine sixty 60 days. Like, so all of a sudden, now I get to work in the field that I'm passionate about, right? Awesome. And from there, it's just been, you know, it's just grown from there. And we've kind of like tried to identify stuff that has value to fishermen, you know, like from, we'll never charge for BD. People are like, dude, get all these assholes out of here. Charge $10 a month. I'll pay it in a second. No. We want everybody to have access Exactly. To it. it's, you know what it's, I mean? Yeah,
0: that's a great, great same
1: with our advertisers you yeah. know it, it, at this point there is not a major a single major fishing manufacturer that we don't do business with you know, but we try to be real genuine because we're on, we're the guys on the other side of the table, you know, we just love, so you feel finish.
0: like you're, you're trying to stay neutral too with, with all the, the companies when you're advertising, you have to, when you're, yeah.
1: when you're doing that stuff, you know, and that's where the TV show since then has made things a little weird for me yeah. because in order to have a TV show, you have to have sponsors and in order to have sponsors, basically, you know, Penn is my, Penn is our tackle sponsor. So me personally, now I can't be out there, you know, pushing Shimano stuff and yeah, you know, it just wouldn't be fair. And so there is a lot of those lines, but you know, and, and early on when you're a website and you're new and you're young, everybody's like, "Well, I just want to be a real guy." Well, but that's not how a magazine works, and that's that's exactly what we're a magazine now. We need multiple sponsors to pay our bills and you know be able to offer what we offer.
0: And so it has been a challenge. Man, I feel like this is a podcast for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like you're talking to me right now. I'm telling you, man. There's so many guys that want to get in this business to make yeah. money, and
1: it's just like. Over the years, I've seen tons and tons of people who've had a lot of money that have tried to get into this business and can't do it because they don't have the passion or they think it's something you can buy your way into. Honestly, man, we stumbled into it and we took advantage of a very good situation. Uh-huh. We tried to always be cool with everybody. We tried to keep it really you know, to our core. Like We're not suits that are trying to sell you a fish dope subscription. You know, I'm out there on Thursdays fishing my ass off so I can get as much information as I can, to give value to our members. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's always got to be value. You know, and I th- I saw with the magazines, like a lot of times they're like, hey, give me money. I'm the magazine. You know, and like, well, what are you giving back or what are you doing or whatever? They aren't, you know, and there's not, like, it goes top to bottom. Charity work, right? I just left a CCA meeting. I'm a pretty busy dude. Mm-hmm. You know, and my time's worth something now. And... I still, it's something I believe in, giving back to our sport, getting more people fishing, protecting our rights to fish. The average fisherman in California doesn't even know what CCA is yeah. or is like, oh, that's somebody else's problem. You know, CCA is, is the model for our fishery to have a voice going forward, and it's so important. So even though people might not see it, might not appreciate it, it's not something I put on my you know shirt or anything like that, but I'm out there. Just trying to do my bit. I'm so lucky to make a living, you know, doing what I love. Like, why wouldn't I protect yeah. our fishery? Why wouldn't I protect our business and, and all the other good stuff that comes
0: with it? Definitely, yeah. We had uh, Chris on and, and uh, Wayne from CCA on an episode. And they right were on. Real nice guys, yeah. Super And cool. it was cool to learn about. I didn't know anything about it. Really. All I knew was the MLPA because they used to surf fish and they closed Laguna. And that was my spot. Yep. And they closed it when I was into surf fishing yep. in the beginning. So it was kind of shitty. And, uh, you know, he kind of explained a lot of it to us, and that was really cool for him to do that, you know, and were super nice guys.
1: That, and that was another thing. That was the first iteration of the MLPA fight. Like, I rallied everybody that we had, every one of our man. fans, as hard as we could, and I learned some valuable lessons. Everybody wants to go fishing. Nobody gives a shit about the fishery. <laughs> it's totally true, man. Everybody just wants to go fishing, and, and protecting our fishery is someone else's job. Yeah. You know, and okay, for guys that do it as a hobby, I, I do totally understand that, you know, a lot of the political stuff going on today, like, I just stick my head in the sand, I used to be really into following that stuff. And at some point, I'm just like, dude, that's not bringing value to my life. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah that's a that's a hard one, too. I mean, even though if you're doing it for a hobby, like they might be closing some of the spots you love. Oh, the MLPA right? fights yeah. coming back again. There's yeah. no
1: question. Yeah. And, the, and the thing that we saw with the first MLPA go around was apathy. And that is the single biggest problem with our community of fishermen is everybody's apathetic as shit. Like, oh, somebody else will handle it. Oh, Africa will Damn. step up. Oh, somebody. Dude, $30 a year. Be a CCA member. Volunteer at yeah. one event. Mm-hmm. It's not that big a deal. It's not yeah. that much time. You know what I mean? There's a lot of guys with less time than you have that are making the time to make this stuff happen. And, you know, I write checks. I write checks. to I mean, real money, checks, hard money, not just giving away promotion or a free ad or something. Because I believe in it and because I support it. And I feel like that's a big responsibility on our part is if we're making our living out of this fishery or the sport is to give back as much as we can, mm-hmm. you know, and now that we're in a position where we can do that, I, we try to every chance we get.
0: Yeah, definitely. Great. So, uh, you, you have a couple boats, you own a couple boats. Yeah. Too many right now. <laughs> uh, you got any good, we like boat stories from people too. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you've had a couple rookie mistakes, maybe. Oh, yeah. I've done some
1: dumb <laughs> shit for sure. You know, one of my favorite ones of uh, Don't Do As I Did is back in the day when I was re- when when BDU first started, I had a 20 foot center console, a twin, little twin V, and I took that play- thing places I wouldn't even consider today. Like, it was crazy. Um, and I was trolling for AlbaCore back in the glory days of the AlbaCore years. I had a job when I was in video games where I kind of made my own schedule. So I get all my shit done early in the morning. I go fish, and I come back at night and pound out the rest of it. So I end up fishing it by myself a lot during you know midweek, leaving at noon or whatever, and all that. So I was like almost to the Butterfly Bank in that little boat, which is sixty miles west. Wow. And that's every, there's different zones of weather here. Every twenty miles or so, it's, the ocean gets bigger as mm-hmm. you go outside. Maybe every 30 miles or whatever. And this was an okay weather day, but I'm trolling and being a lazy dude, I didn't want to stop the boat (laughs) to take a leak. So I'm just going back my boat and it had like the railings that come up over the gunnels and I'm pissing off the side, doing your normal deal. You've done a thousand, haven't had a drink, nothing stone sober or (laughs) whatever. And you know, sometimes a boat will just take a weird rock. Happened to do it while I was pissing and it shot me out of the boat.
0: Oh my God.
1: I mean, dude, one leg in the water, my ass in the water one hand caught the railing going in as i rocked out of the boat and it was in gear and it was pointed west fuck man oh yeah you want to that is a that was a
0: grip of fucking god you had on there (laughs) oh my god i'm
1: serious man and i mean i was on a weekday there's nobody around there was a fucking boat in sight i mean that would have been the end of it for me my boat would have just left me i'd have got hypothermia and drowned and died Wow! So that's why they have those little red things, you know, by the key <laughs> switch that you actually put yeah, on your shirt I should, when you should you do that? Too? Not only, yeah. yeah.
0: I'm telling you, you wear that all the time now. No, the boats are bigger;
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's harder to fall out. I honestly, I'm like, I don't fish by myself that much anymore. Yeah, yeah. If I was gonna do a bunch of fishing by myself, they make those wireless ones.
0: Oh really? Oh, okay. dude, like two
1: hundred dollars. Okay, and it's kind of like an RF thing, like your key when you walk up to your car. Yeah, that's worth it. Key gets far rather, enough away, yeah. the motor shuts off. Yeah, like that to me is worth every penny if you fish by yourself a bunch.
0: So you how know? hard was it to get back in the boat?
1: Uh, not that hard when you're terrified and think you're going <laughs> to die. <laughs> dude, my fat ass got over that rail very quickly. There was like a gap, like there's a stern rail and a side rail, and I just fell right through there. And I'm telling you, I rocked weird, hit the thing. I remember just like kind of half spinning around, going out backwards. And I could see that rail as I was falling. And I just got it with my left hand, not even my dominant hand. <laughs> Somehow I found a way to get my ass back in there. You want to talk about a reflective day for like, You almost lost everything yeah. by being stupid and lazy, you Shit, know? dude. Yeah. That's, that was pretty shitty. That's I've had some other life. close calls and stuff, but that's rough just weather, been, stuff like that. Oh yeah. Like yeah. surfing a 70 footer from Cabo all the way to Puerto Vallarta. Fuck you do not know that. I mean, if the weather gets big enough. And that boat will surf just like a freaking nineteen footer. Shit. I mean, all kinds of we quad hook up on big tuna. We were trolling in that shit weather because we got nothing else to do. <laughs> and I mean, we broke off every single line from the stretch in the you know, shit. yeah, I going mean, up and down, going and, up yeah. and down, and pulling away, the weather pulling us away. And I mean, it was that was not one of the smarter things we've ever done. Wow, you know, you got to be real careful, man. No matter how good fishing is, it's just a fish. Even if it's a 700 pound bluefin or whatever, you know what I mean? Like it ain't worth dying for. You got to, safety nowadays plays a much larger part. I don't go anywhere without an E-perp. I don't go anywhere without a raft, a handheld GPS. um, You know, every single piece of safety equipment I can have, I've got with me. And if I'm going on someone else's boat and I'm not sure of the program, I throw that shit in my bag and i bring it with me. Got it, right? Yeah, it's not worth dying over.
0: So, as the, the website grew, you kind of had other things grow, like you have the local knowledge thing now. Yeah, it's yeah. Cool, so,
1: man. it started as BD, and then, you know, so at some point, um, I realized that, like, I was, I would every day before we would do a trip, I would take a Terrafin, I'd print it out. And I'd take all the guys' catch reports from BD, I'd call my buddies, and I'd mark it up on there. I'm like, man, wouldn't it be cool if somebody did this digitally? So, that's where we came up with Fish Dope, And that was kind of our second business. And that was, like, oh eight oh nine. And you were
0: that, kind of the first one to kind of do the fish dope.
1: No, there was nine
0: seven six, Okay. And
1: there was Terrafin. Okay. And so nine, seven, six bite and nine, seven, six tuna. They kind of gave you the info and Terrafin would give you the map and you kind of had to put the two together and figure it out. Mm-hmm. So with fish dope, we kind of took them and did them together. We get daily reports from all of our members. We'd overlay it on the map. You could see where the fish were getting bit. We have this awesome satellite maps. We've got in-house PhD that generates our maps for us. I mean, we're doing stuff on a real high level. But when we launched Fish Dope, I think it came out in 08, economy. Remember, fuel was five fifty a gallon. Yeah. We got a bunch of members enough to make a little money, but it never really took off. Yeah. And then it steadily grew, steadily grew, and then El Nino hit. And then our business just went. <laughs> we lost a lot of guys because, like, in 05, 06, 07, when BD was getting rolling there was tons of guys that were do- using the equity money. You know, everybody remembers you drive down your block and you either got a new boat, an RV or like a toy hauler out in the driveway. Everybody yeah, had dude. one, you know? And, uh, so a lot of that stuff, those guys all went broke in 08, 09 cause they were contractors and the same guys we're talking about. And so fish dope, it, it took off, but it didn't, we didn't really realize the potential of it, you know? And then since then, again, value, right? A lot of guys, the fish every day, the party boat guys think we're following them around and reporting their numbers. No, we're not. We have enough members where we have all this information coming in, and we're just sharing the information. And my whole hope with that is, you know, I'm not here to ruin the fishery. All we're doing is making sure that a guy who has a 50, 60-hour-a-week job can get out and get headed in the right direction. We yeah, don't give out. that's right. what I
0: was going to ask you next is uh, I, I didn't know anything about this, and Billy kind of explained it a little to me. Did you get a lot of shit when you first – Kind of came out with fish dope from people initially, or was it no. not as big because I don't think social media was a big a presence. In.
1: I think that's a big part of it. So initially, no, everybody was cool with it because okay. all we were trying to do was Surfline came to us and they wanted to buy us out and they mm-hmm. have the same model as we do. You can look at the waves for a couple of days and a forecast. And if you want to go further than that, you just pay a few bucks. Yeah. Right. Fish dope uh, was back then was a buck forty nine, ten $10 a month, shit. $12 a month. Yeah. Like keeps you in the loop. We're talking to all these guys you know, in our network, and we're sharing that information with you. We're not talking about sea bass bites. We'll tell you there's a sea bass bite on the west end of Catalina. We're not going to tell you what spot yeah, because the fishery just can't take that. And so there's a lot of onus on us to make sure that we're filtering that information appropriately, vetting it to make sure that we're not getting fed bullshit, sending people the right way, and kind of walking that line. And I think we're in the unique position to do that because – we know this fishery as well as anybody and we're out all the time fishing it ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and we know the people that we're talking to face to face. These aren't random internet faces on Facebook. These are guys we've known for a lot of years and that's you know, really Credible our, people. Credible and that's where our trust lies. Yeah. You know, and you're trusting me by having a subscription to make sure I'm not feeding you bullshit. Mm-hmm. One wrong turn in your boat, you know, you could burn fifty more gallons. Yeah. Four fifty a gallon. Do the math yeah you know and that's why people ask me well is fish dope worth it and i'm obviously biased i'm the first one that would say (laughs) it but if you have a private boat and you aren't using every every bit of information you possibly can you're an idiot i mean honestly like if we save you one trip a year but we won't it's more than that and the thing too is you can get the, the water maps watch the sst charts watch the water move you can see where the fish are being caught you can relate all that info and for the average dude you know, who has a real job, who's doing little league on Saturday and he can sneak out for, you know, a tuna trip on Sunday or whatever. It's an invaluable resource, you know, but there's definitely a line to walk there. And the guys that that have given a shit are the guys that are, you know, charter guys and all that and think that we're, you know, killing their bites. That's not the goal, man. The goal is to get a guy who can take out his boss or his kid, Mm -hmm. you know, on the weekend and have a shot at catching fish. And we're not going to give them all the pieces. We're going to push them in the right direction. Yeah. You know, Makes and sense. pelagic fish will tell you exactly where they were caught yesterday. You know, those things sticking off the side and at the back, those are fins. They use them. <laughs>
0: They're not going to be there the next day.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, it's a difficult line to walk. And then being able to add in the spotter plane element was huge. You know, we had a spotter plane before Sackfleet Fleet had a spotter plane.
0: That was a, a big uh, piece that you added to, to fish dip. Later when up, did
1: you buy? When did you get that? The plane you? stuff started probably five years ago okay. or something like that. Wow. We didn't charge a dollar more. You know, wow, that we have enough awesome. guys where we could pool all that. We had a dream years and years ago trying to get enough guys together to hire spotter planes just in our circle. And yeah, there's, there's not enough money there, <laughs> dude. Yeah, you know, it man. costs two hundred dollars an hour to fly an airplane. Oh, fuck. So you go out for four or five hours, you're doing that once or twice. I mean, do the math, right? It's yeah. it's just too expensive for anybody with with the normal person's money to do. Yeah, and we were able to bring that element. So value that's like the biggest thing we don't want anything for free man you come in on our website we're going to give you a bunch of entertainment hours of entertainment it doesn't cost you a nickel right mm-hmm. you go on fished up we're going to make sure we earn that dollar like and i do the same thing with our advertisers you know we make sure that we support them in every way we possibly can and they're paying good money to engage our audience and we make sure that that happens yeah you know and we really try to walk the line between having a good business and selling out and like you won't see weight loss ads on our site you won't see us selling penis pills or we see those you know. chicks with the big titties hanging out Yeah, out. i mean there is that for sure <laughs> but that's all that's like guys like dude you've got gay dating ads coming up on your website i'm like hey hey what were you just looking at hey pay Cays, a- pays the bills right <laughs> i'm into it oh man it's so funny <laughs> these guys will be like they'll oh, have the most rant. oh how come i'm getting ads on your website for taiwanese wives i'm like <laughs> Those are served based on your past interests, sir. They don't just pop up. It's so funny. Dudes will bust themselves oh. huh? You know. But we try to keep to the core as much as we can. We try to run a good business and we try to support, you know, the charities and the, you know, our community as much as possible. And, you know, we've we've got a responsibility to do that.
0: Yeah. That's great. Yeah. The great the to support it that way. And the squatter plant thing, that's awesome to hear like you guys didn't even charge more for that. That's that's pretty cool. Nope, just trying you know I mean? to add value, man. And what about the TV show? When did that come? come so that play? was
1: uh, that was about five years ago or six years ago. We were um, we do a lot of stuff that like a lot the public doesn't see, but we were working with the state of Louisiana. They came to us. They're like, hey, you guys are really good at the web and, and attracting fishermen. We want to build a website so that people will come and fish Louisiana. Which coming from California, you're like, what? In California, the government's trying to get you to not fish, you know, in so many ways. And there they're like, come use our resource. That's what it's here for. Yeah. So we did, we built this big website and um, we were doing all the programming and editorial and all that. And then Jose Wehebe, the Spanish fly, was as a friend of ours, was going to do all the video work. And that was right in the time period where Jose died. And so Jose had a right hand man, a kid named Mikey. Um, and Mikey was like, didn't know what to do. And so, Mikey was, uh, was going to take the job over. He was totally capable. He could handle the video side. And I kind of sat down with Mikey. I'm like, hey, dude, let me handle the business side. Let me run the thing, do all that. You just do what you're good at, which is videos, right? And so we kind of teamed up there. And then we took him on a trip to PEI. We give away that race to PEI trip. Mm-hmm. Took him on a trip to produce a video. And he comes back like a week later with this video. I swear, I think I cried. It was the <laughs> most bitching piece of content ever. I mean, it. I was so proud. And so what year stoked. was this? I don't know, man. Like, t- what year is it now? 19. I want to say 2013-ish. Okay. Somewhere around there. And so we put that thing out. Everybody loved it. It got, I don't know, sixty, eighty thousand 80,000 views pretty quick. And the next thing I know, I've got guys in the industry like, hey, can you produce some video work for us? And we're like, No well, shit. You know, I like Mikey. We get along. Let's do that. So next thing I know, we're knocking out content for AFCO. For oh, Costa. so you
0: kind of had your own little deal you oh, did we, where it just it turned into a, a produ- video production. A production company. Oh, awesome. So we
1: started doing that stuff all behind the scenes. And then for us, business-wise, it's like, well, okay, I can make you a piece of content, but guess what? I can get it seen, too. Because that was the challenge back then. You know, AFCO didn't have an Instagram. It didn't exist. Yeah. They might have had a Facebook, but not you know, they, you know, thirty thousand followers or whatever. On BD, we have about four hundred thousand unique visitors a month, mm-hmm. and we flip seven million pages of content. So now you made a video. I got the audience that wants to watch it. I can close that gap. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, this video thing really suits what we're
0: doing. Hand in hand, right? And so we're Oof. doing that
1: for a couple of years. And Mikey and our artist, who was a guy in Florida, Derek Redwine, who introduced me to Jose and to Mikey. They're like, dude, we got to do a TV show. And I'm like, no, fuck no. I do not want to do a show. Screw it. Dude, I all mean, right. But you're so natural on camera. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, it's painful. I hate listening to myself. I can't stand any of that stuff. And they kept, so they kept talking and talking. Like, okay, cool. Finally, they sold me on it, right? And the concept was to do something kind of like um, the original Duck Dynasty, not Duck Command, early. Like, No, Duck Commander, not Duck Dynasty. Where it was like half industry behind the scenes, kind of seeing what was really going on in that world. And the other half was going and killing ducks. Well, we want to do kind of the same thing with Fish. And we love the model. And it later turned into Duck Dynasty, one of the most successful shows ever. But it kind of turned into a soap opera at that point. That wasn't what we were trying to do. (laughs) And so uh, we kind of floated that around a little bit as a concept. And it got, you know, sort of warm reviews, but not great. It was all West Coast. And then somewhere along the line, um, we went fishing with one of Jose's protégés down in Florida keys. Jose was like the mayor of, of okay. the Southern keys, man, he lived in Key West, just above Key West and all that. And uh, a guy named rush who I knew through Jose kind of just knew who he was. He kind of knew who I was, whatever. And, uh, we came up with a concept of doing an East coast, West coast show. Never been done. Right. We don't is know. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't know what those guys are doing over there. I mean, we think they're catching redfish or trout or something, you know what yeah. I mean? Like we're so removed and it's the same thing over here. They think, We think they're all wearing Columbia shirts, sitting around smoking cigars and fly fishing. (laughs) They think we're all wearing flat brims, black socks pulled up to our knees and throwing, you know, throwing jigs. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So there is some truth to it, honestly. But like, you know, nobody's ever really tried to bridge both sides. And um, through this whole thing, I've always had a couple employees in Florida because there's just more talent. It was guys I knew and trusted or whatever. So I've always been really experienced in the Florida Mm -hmm. fishery and paying attention to it and all that. And I think when you grow up here, you don't realize, like, how good the fishing is over there. You yeah. know, like, you love fishing here. You're crazy about it, all that. You're just a four-hour flight away from another world of fishing and groupers and snappers yeah. and toothy fish. The, you know, Wahoos and the Mackerels and the Blackfin tuna and all that other stuff. Dude, I geeked out on it. It was like, more I could learn about fishing. I could take some of what they were doing there, bring it here, use it successfully, vice mm-hmm. versa. And as soon as we started telling people, you know, hey, we're thinking about doing some East Coast, West Coast. You know, if you're pen you're sponsoring a show on the west coast and a show on the east coast well now you can only need one and you've got two guys that are pretty credible in their own fisheries yeah. Rush has been running charters since he could walk practically mm-hmm. you know and i'm just i'm a geek for fishing here i've been doing i pay attention i've gotten to fish with a lot of the you know the best guys on our coast and it was just it kind of became a natural marriage and as soon as we started kind of letting our our pocket sponsors you know we had guys kind of lined up as we were thinking about it and they're like we love it coast is in afco's in you know, Penn came along a little longer, but that was not a tough sell. And yeah, you know, a lot of those guys that we were doing digital stuff with and all that, it, it fed right into it. And we started doing it. We've got to we just have a five man crew. Yeah. We all are very good friends. We fuck around, we go party, <laughs> we have a good time. Nobody takes anything serious, you know, and it's just worked. And I think the reason that we've have been as successful as we've been as we've kind of, and it's something for any business. like you've got professionals, right? I've got this group of young guys at the time. They were all under 30 and they'd never had their shot. They'd produced other shows. Like Mikey was under Jose's thumb. Jose was the king of that castle. I Mm -hmm. just do what I'm told, dude, you know how to make a cool video. You tell me what to do and I'm going to do what my bit. And, you know rush feels the same way we're not in there trying to be producers yeah actually we are and then we get in huge fights over it <laughs> everybody's got a million dollars fucking like idea <laughs> <laughs> but i mean you let the pros do what they do you kind of do what you do you know i rush is probably a better captain and he can throw the shit out of a cast net and i can talk a little bit better and i know you know about different fisheries around the world he hasn't traveled and yeah we all just kind of brought our strong suits to the table and you know now we're one of the top shows in the on the discovery block there and we do real well online and just been super fortunate. Is man. it on Discovery now too? Discovery Channel, yeah. No way. Oh, yeah, for all last season, all this season. No way. Yeah. No everyone's awesome, like, oh, I watch your show on YouTube. I'm yeah, like, oh, that's man. where I see my buying time on airtime. Sunday morning, 7 a.m. Discovery oh, fuck, Channel, man. They yeah. Deadliest Catch right before us. That's no, awesome. Crazy. Dude. So
0: Is it on Netflix too? Or it's no? been
1: huge. Duh, not yet. I'm mm-hmm. working on that. <laughs> I want that. Yeah. That's something I really, really want. Like, we're internet guys. You know, the TV thing for me is almost like putting out a print magazine. It's kinda yeah. working a little backwards. But you gotta go to, you gotta follow the right channels. And and Netflix has got like two fishing shows on it. One's that Albacore Show, which is whatever, it's kind of more of a drama thing. And then a uh, Guy in Australia, Al McGlashan, has got his show on there. I there's a be- there's a
0: good um a contest one, but it's a European one. huh. I forgot what it's called, but my friend Phil told me about it. But I watched it and I'm like, oh, it's interesting. Really? It was yeah, the Netherlands they're fishing over there, but yeah, I, I look for shows all the time, like, a, you know, They're something just not a lot.
1: You know, they've got there, like, they started out doing their own series, they started doing movies and comedy stand-ups yeah. and all that. I think it's definitely going that way. And it's funny, like, in my mind, Netflix holds more water than Discovery Channel. Right. You know? No, just, you didn't say that. Being an You're internet on guy, you know, you know I pay trust <laughs> me, I pay them good money to be on Discovery, <laughs> but it's true, like that to me seems like the future. And we we saw this coming, especially being in the internet business, like Cox Cable, whoever you guys have up here, Xfinity, that model is not going to be around a long
0: time. No, you, you know? got Hulu, you got you know Netflix.
1: Yep, I mean we got we're Amazon Fire people, right? We don't have Apple TV at our house, but I would say eighty five percent of what we watch comes out of the Fire Stick. And, yeah, Amazon. I mean, Game <laughs> of Thrones, I'll watch
0: through Amazon. Straight you know? up.
1: And so that's yeah. why we developed. We knew this early on. We have apps. So any any sh- device, pretty much, that you has an app store. Yeah. So your Apple TV, your Samsung TV, Amazon Fire, Roku. Um, there's a couple more I can't think of. You can go to the app store, and there's a local knowledge app. Yeah. Native. And you can awesome. just watch every single episode in there. It doesn't cost you a nickel. Again, value, right? Yeah. We don't want to be charging people for this stuff. We want everybody to see it as much exposure as possible. Yada. We put it up on YouTube. The minute the thing goes live on TV, we run the whole episode on YouTube for free. Perfect. Commercial free. Yeah. So we're just trying to get it seen. It's a different model than the old days of, you know, TV and trying to get every drive everybody to your website or what we just want dude. If you see a teaser for our show and you like it, we won. You watch a full version, we've won. You know, and that's, it's sort of a You're different just, uh, model.
0: Content is king, right?
1: It is. yeah. And that's why we're not on Outdoor Channel. Outdoor Channel wants you to not air your shows online until like a year and a half after they've run on their... Is that the fucking rain? Again. Yeah. Motherfucker. I never...
0: <laughs> I'm
1: like, really? <laughs> I swear, we're never going to be able to fish again. This has been the... I know, I
0: was there. planning on fishing on Saturday, but I... Saturday,
1: I think you'll be okay. Sunday, yeah, it starts, it's, it's still and it's going to be hard. Is it? Oh, I mean, man,
0: <laughs> fuck I just want a little break, you know. Oh, I'm telling you, between <laughs> the wind and the rain, this spring right. has
1: been like there's bluefin like 25 miles from my boat and I can't get to them. Man. You know, the weather's just
0: been brutal. Yeah. Yeah. For California, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and that's the other thing you learn fishing in Florida, they've got much better fishing. I mean, honestly, as objective as I can be, their fishing's better. Their Uh weather sucks. It'll blow for a week straight. I mean, they don't have swells, but they've got wind chop that would scare the shit out of a West Coast guy.
0: Yeah, I bet getting caught out there on your boat. I mean, dude, uh... it's as
1: close together as this room is wide, six footers. It's gnarly. There's a reason why they're all running those giant center consoles.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say.
1: You try to do that, like in a sport fish or whatever, you're just going to get blown all around and beat to crap. Fuck, man. It's a different world. Yeah. And it is cool. You know, if you've fished here and you've done a ton of it, man, take a trip to QS. It won't kill you. Yeah. Call Rushy. He'll take you fishing. (laughs) You'll see some shit that we just don't have. You know, grouper and snapper fishing is like my favorite thing to do. Here, Here I can go down into Mexico and do it, but. Honestly, a lot of times Key West is better. Mm-hmm. There's such a great fishery. There's so much stuff to see, and there's just a lot
0: of fishing history
1: if you're into that.
0: You try to get down there a lot to fish as much as you can, even just for
1: filming. You know, I'm really? over there five, six, seven times a year. I go over there and do business with ICAST, and you know, I have meetings and stuff like that. Every time I'm over there, I'm trying to get a day or a couple yeah. days in on the water, and it's been real cool having Rush, who's like he's the local son for Key West, born and raised charter guy. He's been on all the TV shows over the years, all that. Like I'm getting to see his fishery whether it's on TV or not, just like he's getting to see ours. Yeah. You know, he comes out here and the first shoot we do, I take him to Abreo host to catch grouper. Nobody in California does that shit. I mean, there's a handful (laughs) of guys that know how to get down there that know the right guys, to get you on the fish and do all that stuff he cut that whole learning curve out 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm over his way smashing giant snappers and big groupers Shit. and all so it's been real cool and that's sort of where the show concept came about, you know, like I'll show you mine, you show me yours kind yeah, of thing. And, yeah. You know, fortunately it's just fisheries we're talking about. But <laughs> it's been it's been a real cool model. He's got that Florida thing wired, you know, and I've got a lot of friends in a lot of places that we've gone and visited and we put together some you know, some pretty awesome trips and been able to share that on TV with, with uh, our viewers.
0: Do you guys do any freshwater stuff? No. Nothing. He hates it. I do hate you, it. You don't like freshwater at all? I don't
1: know. I like to trout fish. So I yeah. go to Sierra still a couple times a year. Yeah. I go to Barrett for the opener, you know, right before the opener. We yeah. get a media day in there. Yeah. And that's my freshwater fishing. Really? Just, I don't, there's no hunt. And I think that's what really for me like that's why i like offshore fishing i like to go fine you don't
0: like calico fishing then really uh then. it's
1: a, no i do like calico yeah. fishing but i'm not in the middle of summer you know when Moyer and those clowns are there <laughs> catching calicos i'm like whatever dude come on let's go catch some real fish you know that's like Good old Moyer, dude. in the winter yeah he's my boy was he funny right, he was right up the street <laughs> from me he's a kook <laughs> Uh, I like all those guys. They're such good dudes. We have a good time beating each other up. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's not my thing. My yeah. thing really is like I look forward to April, May in a normal season when I'm not catching bluefin, but chasing yellowtail on kelp patties or in the flats at the Coronado Islands. I mean, that's the start of the fishing season, March, April, and that gets me fired up. Yeah. The other stuff is like killing time running the (laughs) boat i've gotten really into catching cod which i've always hated not enough action fish weren't big enough whatever and now i'm like a cod dork i'm like ashamed to admit it (laughs) but i'm all about it man like uh, something
0: new new
1: different you never know what's different techniques right yeah trying to find bigger ones there's a million spots to catch them on trying to find a better one you know going deeper going It's just that whole thing i don't know i like to like Put the pieces together. Yeah. You know, like with the kite fishing up here. That didn't start here. You know, we were doing that down in Puerto Vallarta with dead yeah. baits in 2004 2005. The, f- the guys I know, like I caught one of the first bigger bluefin up here. and really? I had a couple buddies from Cabo that were smashed him on the Gordo. Phew. We started to hear rumors about these fish. And then I saw a, a buddy of mine sent me a picture When I'm like, "What? where'd you get that? And he's like, up here. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like skipping the kite. I go, what? <laughs> he got the download from him, you know, as a yacht captain. Kind of told me what they were doing. I went out. I don't think it was two days later. And it took me and Jason maybe 10 minutes to get our first kite fight on the 43. Yeah. And we saw that. We, I, I, oh, nobody wanted to take the rod, so I got to be the angler. And when I put the harness on and smashed <laughs> that thing in like 15 minutes. Jason sticks it in the head, and we're just looking at each other like, Really? What
0: the f- <laughs> just happened?
1: I mean, like, dude, these, yeah. these are the glory days of West Coast fishing. Yeah. You know, I'm fortunate. Like, I've gotten to fish with some of the old guys, you know? Like, the beak is a really good friend of mine. You guys might not even know who he is. No. He's no a legendary yacht captain. He's okay. fished here, won every Marlin tournament, everything. Been doing it for years and years. And I think beak's like 175 now. <laughs> I mean, he's right up there. He'll tell you that. He's I mean he's like in his early seventies, I think, or mid seventies. Yeah, yeah. I go to lunch with the dude once a month. Like, he's awesome. Yeah, he's like, that's he's like cool, that, dude. that, you know, that uncle that's been there and done that. And I've gotten to fish with Steve Lasley, who's the best captain on this coast. Mm-hmm. And, and nobody will argue that. Mm-hmm. And Pete Grossbeck, who's right there with him, these guys have fished together, and they're all these guys are all sixties and seventies. And it gives you a whole other perspective. You know, spending days and days in binoculars with those guys or whatever. And when the Beak, who's seventy five, who's seen God knows how many El Nino's and all that shit he's like young man get out there and enjoy this because it's never going to get better yeah never i mean yeah. the shit we have seen since that el nino we had 14 wahoo on our boat what that's wild that never could have happened it's an <laughs> impossibility you know what i mean yeah. so like and that's what i tell people now like if you just go you have to go it's so good i mean the yellowtail bite that we've had and the, the bluefin and you know that El Nino, and I mean we've just we've been so blessed. See, with Justin's
0: this. done all this. I've i never caught a yellowtail. I say this all the time. People fucking complain on your site about me saying it all the time.
1: <laughs> You've never caught a yellowtail. Nope. <laughs> I'm a calico.
0: Hell? I'm a calico and freshwater bass guy. Oh man, yeah.
1: that's kind of tough.
0: So yeah, I wouldn't, this go, year, I
1: wouldn't go around telling people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this year's my goal is to to catch a yellowtail. I might go out with Dwayne and, and my buddy Andy. So yeah. like, if I can, I'm gonna jump on their boat and, and grab a yellowtail. But yeah, I mean, I'm still fresh in the whole saltwater thing. You know, like I'm a surf fishing guy, so that that's what I did before. Yeah, I bought a bass boat, but I ended up using it more because I'm closer to the, the harbor mm-hmm. for calico fishing. The you know? wall, yeah, or exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like I'm learning as I go. So I learn all these things from people. It's awesome, you know, and hearing all these stories. Justin's been doing his whole life. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
1: Not as much as I wanted. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Oh well, that's the joke. It's like you want to fish less, get in the fishing business. Yeah, yeah. I swear, man. I, I don't, you don't get to fish <laughs> until the show <laughs> came around. Yeah. Like, man, you're so busy working, you know. It, they, and it, yeah.
0: that's what people told me to. They're like, just make sure you still fish. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll fish. Fuck, man. This fucking podcast has taken up a lot more time than I thought. You know like, what happens? Yeah. But it's fun. Like I get to meet people like you, all kinds of people. Decker, yeah. you know, like uh, Eric Ben, all um, Kevin Matson. These guys have crazy stories. Yeah, that people probably would have never heard, but now they get to hear it. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. You got to get down there, man. I mean, that's like <laughs> that's such a big turning point. That first yellow. I've, I remember my first one. I remember like it was yesterday.
0: You know, it's so like I was three years old. No, no, I, no, I was on the think.
1: Prowler with Buzz at the Coronado Islands a million years ago, really? and I caught my first yellowtail, and I will n- i thought that thing was going to kill me.
0: You it's know, it had to be all
1: of a, a vicious fifteen pounds or something. But I don't know, man. There's like there's stuff like that that you like. I remember my first yellowfin tuna, like it was yesterday. Yeah, you know, a lot of that stuff is just not lost. I've been fortunate to fish in a million places and catch a ton of cool shit. But like that stuff in your backyard, yeah there's no substitute for it and yeah. like with the show that's what we're trying to convey you know it's kind of get out and enjoy your, your you know your fishery and go see some other stuff and see the other side of the coin and you know i sent a bunch of people from san diego over to go fish with rush yeah and they're just blown away yeah they come yeah. back with all these stories we got these amber jacks i'm like that's a shit fish in the back of my head <laughs> i'm like don't want to don't want to bust any bubbles like look at this giant barracuda i'm like yeah i'd cut that up for shark bait <laughs> uh it's it, <laughs> but shift. all through somebody you know yeah, new eyes or yeah. whatever i mean that's what's so cool about that fish you can go out any day of the year and catch a 50 60 pound fish you come over here and you come down and you're like hey dude put me on a 50 pound fish in october you know december in a normal <laughs> yeah. year I'm like, yeah good luck it's not possible you know so it's cool to go see the other side of the coin and, and get a little bit out of your box and fortunately for us the the shows let us do that
0: yeah how do you think now this is a question i'm I'm starting to ask more uh social media has affected the whole fishing industry um you've seen it all you're someone that probably has a really good opinion on it because you started kind of something before instagram facebook was around yep now you've seen the kind of uh transform from uh you know your site to more having to pump stuff off of uh instagram you know uh how do you feel about that? How you, double-edged sword? Uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, I
1: think everybody would agree it's a bit yeah. of a double-edged sword. I think on a whole, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. If People are talking about fishing; more people are going to pay attention, yeah. and more people are going to get into it. Exactly. And since the El Nino, that's one of the biggest things we've seen is like girls getting into fishing on the West Coast. In Florida, man, those girls are rednecks. They're raised. Their culture in Florida is fishing. But
0: well, how cult- many times have you seen people hand off? Uh, a
1: lot. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Oh, no, I do. If it gets you stoked on fishing, man, somebody's got to hand you your first yellowtail. Take it. No, me. no,
0: but I'm saying these girls that. Oh, a lot the, of them are models. With that,
1: no, no, I'm not talking about the insta skanks. Okay. I'm, I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> i'm talking
1: about chicks that really get it and i know some girls like our friend mo in louisiana she drives uh, a 39 cv and runs charters every single day of the year
0: that's awesome she
1: gets it yeah. she's in the tower and she will whip your ass boy she is crossfitting every morning at 4 a.m there's a lot of girls like that
0: yeah you see know? i'm tr- we're trying to find a girl like i don't know a lot of women that fish but vocally mm-hmm. You know, because we haven't had a woman on the show yet. Yeah. So it's kind of like trying to find women that, you know. Dude,
1: we've got a handful of good ones over here, too. Yeah, I've heard. We've got some girls that get after it, you know, and are not just there holding up their boyfriend's fish kind of thing. (laughs) You know, so I think that's good. I mean, that's a good part of social media, right? Or maybe you got a dude at work who's kind of like always wanted to do it, but your dad wasn't a fisherman, you know, and that's my case. My dad wasn't a fisherman, but my other side of the family was, so it got me started, you know, and I think anything that this is a dying sport. Don't kid yourself. And there are people trying to take your right to fish away from you every single day. So the more people we get fired up about it and the more people we get out on the water, the better off our industry is. Mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of guys right now have got a very, very short memory. You couldn't give away a fucking fishing charter in 08 all night. Party boats were getting repossessed. Dude, you could go down to the docks and you would see every third boat chained to the dock. The fuck. Those days were not that fast 10 years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? The MLPA, nobody showed up. We got our asses kicked. We lost, lost, lost a lot of valuable fishing space. So the more kids, the more, and I've made this thing with myself, like I try to take at least two buddies and their kids fishing who would not be able to get out of the water otherwise. And you know, I'm not talking about taking them tuna fishing. You know, I'm talking about, like, my buddy, and he brings on his two kids that are wild as shit, seven and five or whatever, <laughs> tearing, tearing the boat apart, doing backflips off the bait yeah, tank, yeah. killing sardines, whatever. That's all they want to do, right? Oh, it's all yeah. that. Every, every kid wants to kill your bait. That's all. That's, that's, like, their happiest thing. But take them to the kelp line, and I throw a chum bucket in. And it's mackerel. Yeah. And the mackerel turned into a couple calicos. And these kids, you see the look in their face, man. That kid's never going to forget that. Yeah. You know? And I think we all should have that obligation because there's fishermen are not being born every day. Yeah. You know? And especially in a state like ours. And what happens in California, as soon as we had the MLPAs, guess what they did in Florida? Same shit. They closed really? the snapper fishery.
0: Oh, shit.
1: All on bad science. Just like the MPAs here, the reason they were able to get that through was they went to places where fish should be. And I'm paraphrasing a massive issue, Uh but they went, you know, they went to like the 302 in February and they're like, well, there's no tuna here. We better shut this down until they recover. I mean, that's essentially what they did with a lot of their samplings. They went to places where fish weren't supposed to be at the times they were, Mm -hmm. they had science that was paid for by environmental groups who, if you don't understand how that whole world of grants and all that works is you give us money, we give you the desired result. I mean, there's obviously that's that's very much oversimplifying it but there's a lot of that yeah, stuff, yeah you know and most of that stuff is pointed right at the heads of california sportsmen you know and i'm not just a fisherman i'm a hunter too and it's just i mean dude, yeah that's a it.
0: whole other thing you guys do hunting and you do yeah and yeah. I mean, that's
1: something else i'm very very passionate about you know and like we're getting attacked from every angle so in my mind the more people you can not just take fishing but get them some early success you know when you're six a fucking mackerel is like catching a giant tuna or whatever like you know get them stoked on it and get these kids wound up but take your girlfriend and you know i think it's just so important to keep this sport moving and moving forward and not just make it like the good guys club
0: yeah yeah definitely you know yeah that's a that's a a big point to like push on because i mean totally man if you can just get kids out if you can't do it throw a few bucks to
1: friends rollo they're taking kids fishing yeah you know we've all got a few bucks we can throw at something like this or you know support cca or do any of that stuff just get out there because this is we are like i said these are the golden years of fishing the last time we had fishing in california like we have right now no one was alive to see it
0: (laughs) I'm not Dude, joking. Yeah, that's, yeah.
1: The t- Tuna Club at Avalon, right? That was all founded at the turn of the century. Yeah. The last time we had bluefin like this in our water started in 1908, and it lasted about 10 years. Fuck. So like, this is as good as it's, I don't know what the fuck am I doing when this is over. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just going to cry for a couple seasons or something, <laughs> but like, what do you mean I got, my in my whole life fishing here locally from 20, for the last 26 years since I've been saltwater fishing, my biggest tuna before this all started locally was like a 60 pound bluefin.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: now it's almost 300. Yeah. That's
0: the next thing I wanted to ask you is your uh, personal best fish. Talk about some of them. Uh, I'm sure you yeah, got a lot of them. Yeah. Fuck, <laughs> I hate to tell fish story.
1: I've, I've been very, very fortunate and very prepared and I've caught dude, every big fish I could ever want. And Damn. like, yeah, I've just been real, real lucky. And for me, when I get them, I don't lose them. To me, that's a big <laughs> thing. Like if I've got a fish hooked up, my reel is going to be right. Yeah. My top shot. I didn't buy it. I made it myself, you know. And this bluefin fishing that we've had, you know, we've been real successful on the kite. <laughs> caught many, many dozens over a hundred. We've lost two. Wow. One was a yummy that we didn't rig, and somebody put a cheaper hook in there, and the hook opened up. <laughs> and dude, that was like that fish. Fish was three hundred. I mean, it was Shit. right there. We were ready to kill it, and then we had another pulled hook, and that's been it. I am yeah. like I haven't had a top shot failure. I haven't run a. I'm, I'm more proud of the fish I don't lose than the fish I do, because that's the thing with chasing bigger fish it's Mm -hmm. like you gotta be prepared your shit's gotta be airtight yeah you know don't know how to make a top shot learn it's not that hard make sure you know your top shot is a hundred percent you know and to me that's super super important and you know we do a lot of fishing in pv during the glory days down there oh five to like oh nine and man that was just so crucial those fish were so big Mm -hmm. that if your shit was not airtight from your crimp to your hook to what gear you're using you'd lose them you know and so that to me has been more important than the actual fish I've caught. But you know, I've been more than lucky. I mean, I've caught a giant, giant bluefin in Canada. I've got a That's couple amazing. over three yellow fins, which is a dream. Never thought I'd get yeah. one. Had another one. I was like two ninety four. Son of a bitch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> close.
1: Three over three. Like
0: I could fall over at that point. Yeah. I'm just yeah. like
1: um, I got to fish Australia. That's amazing, right? Best trip I've ever done in my life. Wow. Ever. Period. Like. Yeah.
0: All right, we took a little break. You can hear the rain on the outside now, setting the scene. But uh, uh, we're really stoked that we had Ali on. Um, do you have any sponsors you want to give a shout out to? And we want to know your local tackle shop if you were going to hit one up down in San Diego.
1: Oh man, sponsor wise, we got a bunch. <laughs> I don't, I don't need to plug them. We do, we do a good job for those guys. Uh-huh. I'm very fortunate. There's a few companies that, man, whatever bullshit I come up with, they're like, we're in. We're in, we're in. And that would be like the AFCOs and Costa. You know, we work really closely with those guys. Um, You know, Penn's been really good to us as well. And we've got Evan Rude. Evan Rude is what's made local knowledge possible. They're awesome. Mm -hmm. So I'm super, super fortunate. And then we work with, you know, on the BD side, we work with everybody in this business. And we've got good long-term relationships. So um, tackle stores. That's a tough one. Like I try to, I try to bounce around a little bit, you know. Like Dana Landing, so I've been fishing out of there a lot. I got a boat there that I, I run a bunch, and those guys are absolutely awesome. Johnny and Steve uh-huh. take good care of you. Uh, very humble. You know, you can go in and ask a stupid question, you're not going to get shot down for it. Um, also, Squidco, Joey and those guys over there in San Diego. I mean. Honestly, the best customer service in just about anything you could ever imagine. They do such a good job. It's such a hometown mom and pop shop. And then the other one is Ricky and the guys over at Fisherman's Landing. They're just they're awesome. They're a little more out of my way, so I probably don't get over there as much. Yeah. But I'll tell you if I want to know how something needs to be rigged or whatever, man, I, I just shoot Ricky a text. Those guys get right back. They do they do a really good job. Man, we're fortunate. In San Diego, we got you know you guys seem a lot more spread out up here. We've only got really two <laughs> ports. You know, save for Oceanside, which is almost you know to Orange County. So yeah, we got a, we got a few good shops and a, a lot of good fishermen, and you know, having the fleet right there is a big part of that. So man, I'm I'm lucky. I feel like I live in the sport fishing capital of, of the world. If not, yeah, that's that's
0: our next move is try to hit more San Diego dudes. I mean, we try to hit. Like I said, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just going. <laughs> We're going as we go, you know. And so it's like I want to move out a little more. So if you guys have ideas for San Diego guys you guys want to hear, messages of podcast, of course. Uh Thank you to the. We really appreciate you coming on, man. Taking your time out to drive up here like I told everyone else, you know, like. It, we really appreciate that dude Thank happy so to much.
1: do it you're doing a good thing for the industry man like it's so grassroots i i dig it you know <laughs> and i dig this industry doesn't need any more experts we need more guys <laughs> i'm telling you just i'll gotta, tell you what uh,
0: i'm a fucking idiot over here so <laughs> I'm not,
1: <laughs> hey I, you're, you're a little behind me i'm not like I, like I told you man i'm just a fat kid with a dream that's <laughs> it like it's good though i really dig what you guys are doing i dig that you guys are trying to learn i like the variety you guys are doing and it anything that gets people more stoked on going out and, and catching a fish i think's awesome man stick with it
0: thank you appreciate it uh listen to the pod next podcast coming out uh you should hear this in a couple of weeks or i guess not really because it's gonna <laughs> go out whenever i wanted to but uh thank you for listening uh stay tuned guys Bye. thanks for having me